This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs. We cover many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. We feature the podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Savers of the Metaverse, The Athletic Mindset, and finally, the Buffalonian Podcast. Learn more at castsource.com slash podcast. And now without further ado, let's get into that Buffalonian Podcast. The Buffalo Bills take the L against the New York Jets. The Sabres, also not on a very hot streak this past week. We'll get into that along with the usual. Would you rather? Hot takes, trivia, and more. This is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. are back with the Buffalodian podcast. I'm Joe Callie, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. Boys, it's a tough week to be a Buffalo sports fan. Let's just get that on the table first. The Bills, honestly, honestly, I think honestly, the first... Philly. They lost two major championships in one, in one day. day. Yeah, you got a point. You got a point. Honestly, I, I think the first thing we just had to bring up is just what an absolute performance by Zach Moss for the Indianapolis Colts this week. Really stepped up this week. Just kidding. I don't know which idiot on this panel <laughs> thought that was going to happen. But Listen, listen, you can't discount anything. As I've said many times, the listeners have heard me say, any given Sunday, you know, you could have quoted Can that. Can I just like, say one thing? The yeah, go ahead, went buddy. to overtime with the Chiefs, and you guys laughed at me. No, he's got a point. He's got a point. Well, as Joe says, you're still any lost. Given Sunday. Oh, I didn't say that. I, I, I give Mike a lot of... I don't know if the Lions or Packers, but I picked the Lions, and they won. Well, you know, we're going to get on that next pod, but yeah, uh, I didn't. Yeah, we'll forget. delve into that on the betting on the Bills. But... Good for you, Mike. I'm proud of you. Mike, you know, Mike, the Chargers. Yeah, Mike, gotta, I gotta... think I, I was this right now. I think Mike might have been number one this week. Oh, absolutely. I think he was too. I got a, this camera is not, not, not right. doing well. So, as Joe alluded to before, I interrupted my Zach Moss joke. Uh, uh, yes. I think this is the first, is this our first podcast uh, with after they lost? Because I don't think we did one at the Miami because of your. Ah, yes, we did not do one after I had appendicitis. So uh, this is the first Buffalonian podcast loser. Uh, and it's it's a little tough pill to swallow. I mean, I thought we were a good luck charm for a while, you know, but turns out, you know, can't can't stop it. Zach Wilson, the Jets, Robert Sala kept his receipts and they beat us. So, I mean, let's just let's let's delve into it a little bit here. I mean, their defense just outplayed us. Would, would you agree? I mean, that yeah. was like. That was that's bottom line. I would say they killed our offense. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Mike, you got anything? No, I just gonna say to me watching the game. I think like Allen's trying very hard to impress everybody, mm-hmm. and I think he's overdoing things and leading to mistakes. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that, Kiko. What do you think? I think it was a loss on all three phases. I don't think any. It wasn't like all three. I mean, I, I listen. The defense played well enough to win. I think a lot of the problems with the defense people have really come from they just got pounded on that last drive. So I think that brings a pretty sour taste in people's mouths. Yeah. Uh, and I don't. I didn't love the game plan. I thought they should have maybe came after Jack Wilson a little bit more than they did. 
Um, and a couple of calls there and there, like when Terry Johnson got injured, and then they did a they did a blitz with safety blitz and Saran was on Garrett Wilson, and I was like that twenty yard gain, and I was like, okay, well that was kind of predictable, but yeah. Again, I th- I think the defense played well enough. I think there's stuff to improve on defensively. Um, but again, when when you get Milano back, Poyer yeah. back, your number one cornerback, I think I think a lot of that comes down to pe- the guys up front, like the defensive tackles, need to do a better job in run defense more than you know Tremaine or I don't I don't think Bernard played that bad. Jaquan Johnson. Um, we're gonna see how serious the Bills are about the whole safety situation if Jaquan Johnson <laughs> starts again. I'll just say that straight up. Yeah, uh, watching him for the Jonathan fifth Abrams time, got cut. He's not that good either. But watching, I mean, it might it can't be better than Jaquan Johnson for the fifth straight play, take a terrible angle, and the ball carrier just runs straight down the sideline against him. So yeah, yeah. And Oliver saved a touchdown that one play because he did. He, he hustled. He's got some. He's got some speed. I he he got right on him. I mean, and just a general remind uh, announcement for all you listeners or viewers out there. I did call. Dom Kiko, that is his name within our friend. Oh, I didn't so even notice it that. It slipped out. Was not would not meant <laughs> to happen. I've kept it at bay on the pod, but unfortunately, it slipped out on this one. So Kiko I, is Dom. I'm not going to do it again. Just I, didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even notice that, but yeah, uh, you know, I, as I said, you know, special teams also had some issues. You need know, a touchback uh, from San Mar when they had a chance to pin him deep. Bass missed a field goal that you probably I know it's 55 yards, but you'd hope that he would be able to knock that through, especially because that would have given them for halftime. Yeah, that yeah, that cost them a little bit some momentum. I felt like. Yeah. And then, obviously, kicking the ball out of bounds is just unacceptable. At any yeah, level. yeah. I thought that was just bizarre. But <laughs> I think it just comes down to, as Mike alluded to, I just think the offense was just after the first play, it just seemed like it was kind of all out of sort. I'm just yeah. saying, I feel like Josh Allen's trying to play hero ball, and he doesn't need to. That's what we've said the past couple of weeks. And McDermott even alluded to that in a post-game interview. He said other positions, we need more consistency out of other positions. And he's right. They're putting a lot on Allen. And I'm sorry, when you're throwing the ball like that Miami game 60, 60 times, of course he's going to get 400 yards. But you can't be asking him to do that every week. I mean, we do need more consistency out of these players. I mean, and look, he ended up getting injured, right? I mean. Well, okay. I mean. I don't know, well, that was because that was just that was more fumbled it, got yeah, thrown it, got hit. That's not I because think of anything. It, no, I think the frustration has to be well. The frustration of Josh is straight up that he should have had another interception in the game because mm-hmm. uh, that one dude dropped it. So, and the last what six quarters of football, maybe even five quarters of football, because I think he threw the two interceptions in the fourth quarter uh, against the Packers. All of his picks have been like WTF picks. It hasn't been like yeah. it hasn't been like oh, I got ba- tipped up and it was off the receiver's hands or oh, he just overthrew him, whatever. It's kind of like, I just don't know what he was throwing to. Yeah, um, I think it, the first interception he threw, it looked like that playoff game last year. He was trying to do the same thing, but he threw it right to him. He didn't throw it in front of Knox or anything. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was pretty much I don't right think to the... He definitely, okay, the first one, he didn't see the safety straight up. He even said it in his press conference. Yeah. Um, And then the second one, I think him and Davis had a miscommunication, but even if Davis stopped on that route or even if he cut in, he, sauce was there so i just don't know what he was doing and it's just gonna come down to i think it, one they had a very terrible game plan this is a really bad poor poor dorsey game mm-hmm. and it's it's hard to win even if you have an elite offense with an elite quarterback like the bills have when the jets blitzed them twice they were destroying they were whooping the bills offensive lines butts all day rushing for and getting pressure on josh and they were clogging the middle of the field and they were trying to take away digs and all that. So 
I think it comes down to the fact of they needed, you know, a speed element to the outside. They need to attack more with the width of the field. Right. And for every reason, they just weren't doing it. I, you know, Beasley, I know I, I'm not the biggest Cole Beasley fan. No, but they miss but him, I think. I don't think they miss. I think they miss a guy's being productive in the slot. McKenzie's just not that. And yeah. the last time they played solid defense, Beasley had, what, 10 for like 100 and uh, against San Fran. I, you know, I forgot he was on the Jets last year, but Beasley yeah. had like a 100-yard game and had 10 catches. And that that's the kind of guy you needed in, in this type of game, to be honest with you. They needed a guy that was good. And I think what Mike is saying about the hero ball for Allen is spot on because I felt like in the beginning of the year, Allen was completely okay paper-cutting people to death, you know, just doing the five- to six-yard passes. And now it seems like He's got the taste for those big passes. Well, yeah. now it seems like on second and 10, he's throwing for 10 yards instead of just throwing like underneath and getting five, five to seven and making it a ma- more manageable third down. Mm-hmm. Do you think so, that's Dorsey's play calling, though, at the same time? He want, he's a little more aggressive than Dable was? Or like, what are you thinking? I mean, maybe. But like, I, I also think there's an element that Allen just wants to be like the top team. And I think he's just trying to like do everything he can. I think he's overthinking it and doing too much because right. we saw earlier in the year when he was probably the MVP front runner, he wasn't forcing anything. Everything was just going his way. And now I think he's kind of, I think he's still definitely an MVP candidate, but I wouldn't say he's the favorite right now. I think he's fallen out because of his last few games. Yeah. No, the second, think... Since the second half of Green Bay, he hasn't played the same. So I just I think mean... there's so much pressure on him. Um, and it seems it's, it's a little bit of Dorsey, too. I feel like he doesn't have as, as many safety valves as he did in the beginning of the year. Like, I just don't understand where's Reggie Gilliam. Like, he's just never on the field anymore. That's what I'm saying. Um, Dawson he actually not... missed his uh, – the one rush Allen had, he actually missed the push. And Allen yeah, still was... got the first down. That was, like, the only time I heard his name. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no Reggie Gilliam anymore. Mm-hmm. Dawson Knox, they're paying to be a primary contributor, and they just – Don't throw to him. him. He, they don't throw to him. I just kind of seems like they're underutilizing him. The one when... throw – Sorry to cut you off, but the no, one sorry. throw, it's like when Allen should have been picked, he looked like he was trying to force it to Diggs when Shakir was wide open. That's yeah, it's like, for. why not just throw it to Shakir, get the yards, instead of trying to force it to someone who's covered? Yeah, no. Yeah. I think, also, where's Quentin Morris? Like, where, just where's the tight end and fullback position? Like, there's just, like, I'm not saying those guys are great players. Like, I mean, Knox is a good player, but, and Gilliam, I'm not saying they're bad players, but it's kind of like, where are those two-yard throws that they could get up to field a little bit? Um, and they just, for for a reason, they don't have that. I think what needs to happen is this. We need to see more. James Cook was actually, I think, was very good on Sunday. We need to see more James Cook. We need to see Hines full week in, full week now. I think they need to take some of Singletary off. Because Singletary, when a team is playing like the Jets are with their dominating the offensive line and they're clogging the middle, Singletary becomes really just replaceable. Yeah. It's kind of like if you want an example for the Sabres, it's like when people blo- like block the middle of the ice, and then Victor Olofsson just can't is not he's not a four checker. He's not he's like Victor Olofsson. Yeah, like he's gonna have to have a perfect situation. You need a guy with like that speed element that can go on the outside, and that's Hines and Cook. So I think that needs to happen learning back wise, and I think they need to utilize Knox more. And then the third thing they need to do is they need to put McKenzie a little bit more back in that gadget role, manufacture touches for him with those sweeps and and that, and put Shakir more as that slot receiver role. And hopefully maybe he can, you know, get those five yards and then run off the field of his, you know, yards after catchability. Right. Yeah. I think Shakir should be definitely be that primary slot guy, but Knox should be third or fourth option. And like you said, very underutilized and he's not really doing anything. And 
if you ask me, Singletary, he's this is his contractor. He's not coming back next year. It's going to be Hines and Cook. I think if you had to I, ask me, I don't know me. about that. I just think I just think for me right now, the offense seems to be look for digs. That's it. And then and then Davis deep. It's look for digs. Look look maybe somewhere else for a second, and then make sure digs again isn't open. Like I feel like. I don't know. D- Davis needs to do better. I think maybe they need to put him in the slot a little bit more and open him up a little bit. Because mm-hmm. um, right now, all he's doing is deep threat. He needs to catch the football. Uh, that's another thing that really made me <laughs> upset on yeah. Sunday. But yeah. again, I think the Bills need to get back to the short passing game and stop focusing on all the deep stuff. Um, you know, yeah. They need to start getting the speed. You know, Again, Cook, Shakir. Hines, be more effective, be more efficient with McKenzie's, you know, role. Give Knox more, Gilliam, give those guys some more opportunities. And then it will open stuff up for Davis more. And then, I mean, Diggs is still going to get his, but then it will help him as well. I just think, I don't know. It, it all comes down to the fact that the Bills just cannot consistently run the football. Yeah. And they, can't partic- and they can't particularly pass. They're not very good in pass pro either. So it just comes down to the fact that Allen has to do a lot, but. I think Dorsey needs to do a better job of manufacturing touches where you get the, the guys in space for chances for yards after catch, like a screen game, rollout game, protect Josh, and get, let Josh get the ball out quick, like he was doing in the beginning of the year. He was holding the ball a lot against the Jets. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. And honestly, looking to next week, Allen's going to have his arm in a brace. I mean, they say he can play through it. Do you think we see more of those shorter passes? or do you th- I, I mean- I'm telling you right now, we don't know anything. We don't know anything. So, do you think he misses a game? I mean, all reports have shown that it looks like he's going to play through. I saw one earlier. But today. we don't. We don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he could potentially play through it. We'll see. I think. I think there's also a real potential possibility that he misses four weeks. Four weeks. Yeah, it's a UCL injury. He missed what four games his rookie year, and plus, I think they had a bye, so that was five weeks. I mean, like it's usually. I think I saw this. I think Bills. Banged up Bills has an article. And I think the average for a UCL injury is 20, 26 days, so about four weeks. So I think yeah. I think there has to be some. Listen, I think the Bills are going to be fine. I think they're going to make the playoffs, even if Keem has to start for a month. But I think there has to be. So I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. I I do think though, regardless if he's in, like regardless if he was hurt or not, I think Joe, we should be still pounding on the table for shorter like easier play oh yeah 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 no i think honestly it's it's just it's so up in the air i think keenum could do it i i think he's capable but not as capable as josh is for taking us well all the way i mean i don't I know I don't... you're paying josh a quarter billion dollars if a guy making six million dollars a year could do a better could do as good as job it's kind of like yeah i'd like to I mean, see keenum get some reps now. with the first team though you know and like see what we're gonna get because we've only seen him with the second teamers and he's gone three and out in that titans game well every listen, time the, he touched the, the ball the, so listen the, the i i doubt josh is really gonna practice all that much this this week so yeah yeah um, could but, you imagine though keenum and Diggs playing against minnesota after performing the minnesota miracle like what a, what are the nfl scripted changed my mind see, but i think it's i think there's a real there's a real situation that josh allen's next game might be against the jets yeah because if like this, <laughs> here, here here how about this how about this even if he can play why not let him sit because what if he plays and strains it even worse so by right. the time it's the end of the season and you need him for the playoffs to be 100 percent, and he's not there's your season. Let him sit now. Have confidence that if he misses four games, you can get by, still make the playoffs. And then by the time it's January, games matter. He's fully healthy and 
that's when you need him most. You don't need him now necessarily. I mean, you want him, but I feel like we can get by now if he misses a month compared to he's playing through it, makes it worse, and then come January, he can't play. I would well, agree th- with that. Th- this is the four games that you could potentially miss. Home against the Vikings this week. Mm-hmm. Home against the Browns next week. Thanksgiving against the Lions in Detroit. And Thursday night football in New England December 1st. And then he could potentially come back for the Bills. Jets at Bills December 11th. So uh-huh. that gives him about a month. That gives him like the 26 days. I don't think those are, I mean, other than the Vikings, I think those, I mean, the Jets, the Patriots are going to be a tough game. That's a tough divisional game. Browns can do a little run football. Lions are a little first. Listen, all four of those games had their challenges. But I, I mean, even if I saw a stat where even if Case Keenum goes 0-4, they still have an 85% chance of making the playoffs. So right. I think, I, think, I, I, I think if the Bills' defense is going to say that they're the best defense in the NFL this is and they have good it. special teams and they have decent enough weapons, they can at least pop a 2-2 two and two record in this four-game stretch without them. Right, and, and then, who knows? And then, Keenum might ball out. We have no idea. I mean, we've got a pretty good offense too. If they actually, you know, use their hands. And... But 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 <laughs> this is the problem. This is the problem right here, Joe. They're so Josh Allen centric that I just don't believe that they can't run the ball really effectively, yeah. even with Josh there, and they can't pass pro. And the reason why their pass protection doesn't look as worse is because Josh evades pressure at a very high rate. So it's it's not it's not an ideal situation for Keenum to be honest with you. Like yeah, no. you get digs, you get some weapons. But not it's even really the same style. Idea. Like last year, if Trubisky had to come in. At least he can kind of run a similar offense. Right. No, yeah. Keenum's not the same type of quarterback. No, yeah, they, they ain't gonna do QB power to the left for a thirty-seven yard rushing touchdown. They're no. not gonna do that. So listen, I think it's definitely something to monitor. I don't know. I mean, maybe they're like we could squeeze three games and he could be back for that Patriots game. Right, and then, then he has. If he plays the Patriots game, then he has ten days to the next game to rest the elbow after playing a game. Maybe they think that might be um, the best strategy. But mm-hmm. we honestly just have to get the injury report and see what's actually going on. Like that, that'll be what tomorrow, right? McDermott said he's talking yes. tomorrow about it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we, I think, step one, and we'll actually be able to talk about this on the next episode this week. Like what specifically is going on? Because that's that's ground zero to figure out what moves I, I will say here. this. If he doesn't play this week, I would have serious doubts if he plays ne- the next week. Right. Cause, Same cause with then, me. Because then, because then after that Browns game, you have a short week. And I just don't – I just I just wouldn't think that – if they were they ever going to send him one week, they're going to send him two weeks and then go into the – maybe they play, he plays Detroit. I don't know. I just I just don't. We, we, don't, we just don't know we anything. Don't know. I mean, we just, that's, listen, that's simply put. Can he play know. through it? Yes. But should the offense, you know, philosophy and be better? Yes. So, well, obviously, I mean, you know, when we talk about who stepped up, I don't think um, (laughs) the only person I could think of is I thought DeMar Hamlin was a beast. Yeah, that's really it. I mean, he he had a couple. Tremaine played well. Yeah, Tremaine actually did without Milano, surprisingly. He got that pick, by the way. That was a pick. Hosed. You think absolutely hosed. You think we got not hosed? Even, not even think you, if you just look up a Twitter and look up like slow mo of those, he it's an interception, not even particularly close. But imagine, imagine the sky cam didn't break and the NFL didn't script this game. Come on, like at that point, I mean, no, I think Hamlin's the only one that like stepped up that I was surprised by. Yeah, there's no one else you can I really pick. I mean, from. I thought Bernard actually played pretty solid, and so did James Cook. Like, I thought those two rookies actually played pretty well, other than that, like. Mm-hmm. Who I mean, sucked I mean, the I, team? I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I wouldn't say the team. I would say there's Josh sucked. I mm-hmm. think we had Alan, that. Davis. Davis really sucked. Davis mega sucked. I mean, there's the, uh, the offensive line was Jaquan. bad. Who? Oh, Jaquan. Jaquan. Yeah, Jaquan's in like 
in the absolute bottom. He was like the fi- whatever. Yeah. Like, what there's what forty six act forty six active players. Uh, kind of, yeah, he's definitely for, was forty six out of forty six for the Bills. Yeah. No, Terrible. I I I could not believe watching this game. I was watching it at work, and I I normally get very aggravated and like throw something. My buddy. Kyler kicked a hole through his closet because he was so mad. You know what I mean? Watching the game. So it's just like, I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. A lot of people, but people went back and acted like EJ Manuel was still our quarterback. Like, let's take a breath. Let's calm down. Like, there's not like, like you said, even if Allen's out for a month, we have an 85% chance to make the playoffs. Like people are acting like Rob Johnson or EJ star quarterback. And they're two thousands bills fans again. Like, let's just take a second. I, I think, I think at one point, yes, they they've lost. They were six and two. I think everyone would sign up for that. Their two losses have come to the division, which is kind of unfortunate. Right. And they've come on the road by a combined five points. Yes. I think what the frustration is, is as I've alluded to, the defensive problems seem to just be fixable, mm-hmm. but the offense does not seem to be really fixable at, at the proper moment with, with their, I mean, unless they do certain things, which I, we don't know if they're going to be able to, they're going to do, or there seems to have to be some, pretty major changes mm-hmm. and even with that like you're putting your hands into two rookies and a guy that you just trade for yeah you know what i mean so it's mm-hmm. like i think that's where some of the i would say i want to say fe- like concern is but like panic um, yeah no you're listen, right i think the, right. listen the bills have a good coaching staff i think they're going to figure it out and i think they're going to be at least competitive about josh but I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, we've said we say this every time in the offseason. The Bills are going to go as far as Josh Allen really takes them. Yeah. And so we all know if like he's off for the year, it's over. But like, I mean, it looks like they avoided that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, by the skin of their teeth, though, if you watch that replay, I cringe. I mean, honestly, of it getting pulled back like that, his elbow. But I mean, it's just it's a throwback to rookie year. But also, like you said, 85 percent chance if he's out for a month. So I mean, I'm going to roll well, with the, I'm going to roll the dice. I on think that. I think again. There's stuff that's concerning, mm-hmm. but that stuff can be fixed. There's some concerns though that, that cannot be fixed. Yeah, and have to be minimized. Like the lack of a good ground game. Uh huh. That's, that's the not biggest one. Get fi- but that's not going to get fixed. That's as simple as that. There, there, there's ways to work around that by, mm-hmm. you know, obviously when Josh probably gets a little bit more healthy, they yeah. can't do this option now. But do more design runs, do more right. outside runs. When your quarterback's your number one the rusher offense, on your team, you know it's a problem. The offensive line struggles in pass protection. There's ways to work around that. Mm-hmm. Roll out more. Do more right. quick passes. Do more screen passes. There's a way to work around that, but there's no way of fixing the actual problem. No, unless you strip it apart piece by piece and basically, I mean, if no, there's you no, look, there's no, there's, Joe, there's no way to fix it. I'm, I'm talking off season, strip it down though and like get rid uh, of but it. But I'm saying there's no way in season to fix it. No, no, not at all. I agree. I mean, so that, it, it seems like, though, in the past, like when we've had a decent running game, we've had a crappy quarterback. And when we've had a like, I'm talking 2000s on. I'm not talking 90s with like Thurm and all those guys. That was that was different. But like Tyler we had a Pro Bowl quarterback, my guy. What are you talking about? Tyrod. He's a Pro Bowl quarterback. What's more yeah, but still, name? I mean, he's Tyrod. He's not a superstar. I'm talking about, you know what I mean? Like we didn't have a okay, superstar. But, but, OK, I, I, I'm just going to push back slightly on that of the fact that we've had superstar Josh for three years. We've had superstar Josh Allen for three years, and their offensive line has been bad for three years. So it's kind of like a, I mean, you know, what I mean, like that's kind of like not a great analogy. Like they, they, they've had superstar Josh Allen for twenty twenty season, twenty one season, twenty two season. All three seasons, they've had the same problem with the offensive line. So it's kind of, yeah, you got a point. You got a point. 
You're not wrong. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. No, I was looking more at like, you know, like Marshawn Lynch and all those guys. No, I understand like, what you're saying, a, though. You know, you know what I mean. But without further ado, that's going to end it for this sad, unfortunate Bills talk for this episode. We'll be back later in the week with the betting on the Bills and we'll, we'll get more into the Bills. So we'll be right back with some Sabres talk and, you know, we'll talk about their disappointing week as well. But before we do that, I want to recommend you all to the Sports Bring People Together podcast by Sports Eat Plus. You should listen for entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports. And who knows where the chats will take you, but sports got us all together here in the first place. And you can find the show wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or simply visit sportseplus.com. And fellas, let's get back into it here after a quick little recess. I'm, I'm going to stop you one quick second right there. All right. I'm I'm not a fan of you saying it was a disappointing week for the Sabers. I'm just not. I mean, I think it was kind of expected. I mean, I think all of it didn't all of us predict one and two. I think I said two and one. All right, Mike and I did. Mike, I Mike. said, did I say oh two and one or something? I think we all said one. Two. One one uh, and one, something like that. Did I, I say one and two? Remember. I don't even remember. I, I totally. I think I said one and two, but I don't know. I I will push back on saying that it is. Disappointing. Disappointing week. I think if you look at it from points perspective, they got two other six points. Yes, that's disappointing. But mm -hmm. if you look at the situation they were in, the teams they played, um, I think this You're is right. a great. I think this is a great week for the Sabers. And and the fact of this, I, I again, I coming out from this mindset of like I don't care if they make the playoffs or not. I just want improvement. They played a very good game against Pittsburgh. Won mm -hmm. that game. Good comeback. Came back. Game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They played. They outperformed a team on five on five in the. Hurricanes and they just lost because their special teams are bad. And then, you know, they had every reason to kind of give up going into that Tampa game on the road, back to back. Your best player is out. And they battled for 60 minutes and had the lead late in the third period and just kind of gave it away. So, right. I think there's a lot to learn from this, but I think overall they played three very sound games against three, you know, mm -hmm. up, upper top. I don't know. The Penguins are kind of been trash this year, but top 10, 15 opponents. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. And that's something cool that they've done this whole season, like against Florida, number one in the division last year. They hung around, only lost by a point, you know, against Tampa, the going for a three-peat last year, hung around. Like, like it wasn't like they got devastated, you know? And I, I think that's it's cool to see that, you know, people aren't coming in here anymore just expecting, oh, we're going to chuck a win on the win column for the, or, uh, for the opposing team, you know, it's like we actually have a shot in all these games. It's just like you said, they kind of gave that one away. And, you know, well, I mean, it's definitely a bright future. I will say that. And Darlene's back. And, I, you know, it was tough without him. It was Labushkin. Labushkin. Yeah. So, I mean, Labushkin was brutal, though. He, he was he was not 100 percent against Tampa. And it actually kind of cost him the game. I'm not going to lie. So um, but we were, you know. If Lebushkin didn't come back, we're gonna see Jeremy Davies back in, in the lineup. <laughs> so, like, yeah, that'd be tough. We would have basically a full set of AHL defensemen. But yeah, I think this is a this is a solid week. Uh, Cousins had a very solid week. I, he struggled a little bit against Carolina, but against Tampa and Pittsburgh, you know, he's up against those top lines, and he performed very, you know, very well. And I think, gentlemen, we are starting to see the breakout of a young man named Owen Power because that I man, think so too. after struggling the first two or three games of the year, his numbers are insane. Mm -hmm. And what he did against Tampa, yeah, needs to like <laughs> uh, it's 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 gonna make a young man like me cry. Um, dude, dude was just a legend. <laughs> a young man like you, you're older than he is. Listen, 
<laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Thanks for making me feel old, big guy. Yeah, no problem. Wow, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> we're at that age now, man, where these players are younger than we are. It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay. I'm, I'm going to pretend I didn't think of that. But no, he, listen, he played 29 minutes of ice time, so he played like a true number one defenseman. He's carried around Cal Clegg, who's actually played pretty well mm -hmm. as a pair. They had a 78 expected goals for when they were on the ice. They were on the ice for nine minutes. He was on the ice for nine minutes against Victor Hedman. There were 17 shot attempts combined between the two teams. Does anyone know what, want to guess what the split was between the teams? 13 to four. Joe? Uh, 12 and three. That, Dude, that's, 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 when, when, when I say oh. that. Oh, no, I did the math backwards. I apologize. 12 and five. 12 and five. I took one away. 15 to two in favor of the Sabres. So when oh, Owen wow. Powell was on the ice against a Norris winner, two-time Stanley Cup champion, one of the best defensemen in the league in Victor Hedman. The Someone they compare him to. I know. I shot them 15-2. to two. He's played very well. Had Actually, you know, when we talk about, and probably in a second about our predictor for leader in points and goals, man led the, the Sabres in points this week with four assists. So two multi-assist yeah. games. So Listen, I mean, Dom, after he assisted the Red Wings on that one goal when we were at that game, I think he kind of turned it around. I think that was a, a breaking point for him. You know, right? I don't even know who it was right to. It was right to nah, Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin. Right <laughs> to Dylan Larkin, that, right for but, the goal. So, Listen, he's played at a very high elite level, and mm -hmm. I think other people are playing very solid as well. Jack, you know, it's very nice to see. I feel like the young guys are playing very well this year. Quinn's mm -hmm. playing a very complete game. He had. It's nice to see him kind of get a couple points. Uh, it was nice to see Paterka score again. He's you know he's all over the ice against Tampa. It's just nice to see like they replaced John Hayden, Cody Eakin. Oh, miss John Hayden though, and the best Robert in the Hague, NHL. All those guys, and they replaced them with Owen Power, Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka, young guys that are not only going to be good, great in the future, but are good now and actually helping you win now. And um, you know it's nice to see the the Sabers right now five on five are playing about. Average, they're right now. So, uh, uh, this is the best way I could describe it because it, for all the people that don't really know analytics, last year that the Sabres played a 60 minute game fully on five on five, mm -hmm. the expected score of that game would have been their opponents 2.76 and the Sabres 2.1. This year, same situation, the opponents would be 2.81 and the Sabres would be 2.73. So, that gap was 0.66 is now is 0.08. That gap is completely closed. They're now at a 49, about 49 perspective goal rate, which is pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Their offense has taken a massive jump. Their defense has worsened a little bit, but I think that's also when you, you know, lose Samuelson, who's uh, now I would say your third best defensive behind Power and Darlene. As much as I say, Yogi Hart. You have AHL, you have AHL people in right now. Right. It's Gerald, Pilot, Clegg. So, like, I would expect the defense not to be as good as it was last year, but it's it's just a great sign to see on five on five that they're producing more offense, especially with such a young team. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna allude back to elementary school here. You know how the math teachers always talked about fractions getting that piece of the pie. Everyone's getting a piece of the pie here. I mean, we watched in that game we were at Dom. I mean, in every other game, Tuck, Darlene, Thompson, Quinn. Uh, I, I'm fizzling out. There's smoke coming out of my ears. I, I'm, I'm trying to name everyone. I don't even have it in front of me. But everyone is getting a piece of that pie, and it's so cool to see. It's like, you know, where Jack Eichel was here, he's the guy who scored. You know what I mean? So the thing with that I've noticed, it's like when Jack was on the team, it was always like, get it to Jack. Jack's going to do everything. Right. It's all about him. Now it's like 
we don't necessarily have that one guy that's just like going to be the superstar. So like we have a lot more people getting involved in the plays and like making plays, which is a lot better for a team. It it just seems like there's every every game there could be a different two or three forwards that play well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's awesome to see. Now I would say that they do need to add or hope that someone becomes like that Jack, which is like that consistent just stud every night. But yeah, listen, that's not gonna happen right now, which is completely fine. Um, but again, I think this is a this is listen. They want one two, but better week ahead hopefully in the terms of points. Uh, they play th- tonight against the Coyotes. Uh, then mm-hmm. they play Thursday. Boys in the Box returns. We're back. We're we back. back for Jack Eichel's return 2.0. Yes. And then they're. I'd love to well, see Tuck steal the puck and seal the game again, like I, last year. And then they're at home again uh, against the Bruins on Saturday. So and then they're home against the Canucks on Tuesday. So three games. Not a three games home. Well, it's gonna be a three game home stand this week. Yeah. Um, so Bruins that's exciting. Is gonna be tough, especially I would say uh, that's my standout. I would say. I mean, yeah, you got a, a team that's uh, you know just absolutely tanking in yeah. Arizona, and then you got Vegas, who's one of the best teams in the NHL, and same thing with uh, Boston. So mm-hmm. again, another another solid test, I would say. They go in one, one, and one. Oh, one, mm-hmm. one, and one. I'm gonna like go. Two, I'm gonna go two and one, just because I think they're gonna win tonight and they're gonna win against Vegas. I'm gonna say the same as Dom here. I who, think who do you think they beat out of those three? Arizona. Ah, see, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not gonna. I'm sorry. I'll be. I'll pull a Joe here a little bit. I'm not gonna predict him to lose to Jack Eichel. I'm sorry. I just can't. I think they're losing overtime. Mm. Oh, he that's the winner. Tough. No, God, no. Oh, he didn't oh, get a point. Oh, okay. No, okay. Dom, Dom you're right. <laughs> on, you're right in my mindset here. I cannot. I cannot go with Jack Eichel at all. Never can I ever. And I think Boston. They're gonna hang around. It would be interesting. Um. Because, you know, top of our division, a big divisional game. So that'd be huge, but don't think they're winning it. I think they go two and one. All right. I got I to gotta ask some questions now. Okay. Are you guys ready? Go ahead. Fire away, buddy. Do you think it's a good thing that Victor Olsen is the leading goal scorer on the team? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Trade value. See, uh-huh. I want to say yes for that reason. Yeah, because we could get some good stuff but, for him. But, but, I mean, his goals are kind of fraudulent. But, they're they're all open net goals pretty much. No, That's they really are. It. But what scares me is that the Sabres are going to be like, honestly, how could we trade away a 30-goal scorer that's leading the team in goals? You know what I mean? Like, I kind of wish he was scoring at this pace, but he was, like, second and third on the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. I get the skepticism there. But I also think the way Adams and Granado are looking at it, they they I think they'll be the one to see, like, he's scoring a lot of open net I goals. Know. I think I think Thompson's going to probably overtake him soon enough. And then yeah. I think at some point Jeff's going to heat up. Because we all know Victor likes to go in his lulls for like twenty games, you know, when Half there's not the an open net. So yeah, <laughs> no, but no, I I definitely agree. The trade value, I think, is, right. is what to get out of that. Second question: mm-hmm. What did you guys think of the reverse retros in action? Obviously, I I Ugly. I was there. I I was there. Uh, um, I'm I'll t- say the white and white was not it. No, it was very hard to see. No, no, no. The, the pants should have been blue and the yes, should have been white. The pants looked like adult up. diapers, man. I couldn't get past. Plus, they didn't it. have like any stripes or anything on the side, so it was just fully white. Was just too Ugh. much. Oh, you don't yeah, even get started. Too much white. Too much. Yes, white. too much. They blended it with the ice. All I saw was, was Tuck's mustache rolling around. Like that was really it. You know, like it's it. it they should have been blue pants, white helmet, white jersey. I liked the white goat head. I really did. Thought it was really cool, but. I mean, the white on white is—it's not like the Bills wearing white on white on a green green football field. This is white on white on white ice. White so pants like, in hockey is not good. No, no. 
It just it just it blended in a little bit too much for my liking. Yes, especially with the boards too. Everything's white on the ice, so it's like. My know. my next question: What do the Sabres need to do to fix their special teams? Because right now, for a team that is like about fifty fifty on five on five, you kind of need good special teams to care if you want to win this league. If you're going to have those numbers. And right mm-hmm. now, the special teams... I mean, they lost that game in Carolina because their special teams are terrible. I know they got a power play goal, but that was scored with one second to go in the third period, losing 5-2. to two. Like, that doesn't really... I mean, yeah, no, their power play... That's counts in the stat sheet, iffy. but does it really count? Not yeah. really. No. No, it's they've been iffy all season. Nancy Ronta wasn't too play. happy. I mean, he I broke his stick. Too, I wouldn't be too happy about it. <laughs> I mean, you get paid for that stuff, and they have a goal that, that late, nothing doesn't matter. So, yeah. so what, do you, what do you guys think needs to change for them to... Because I don't... Think it's, they need I don't to like, change up their power play because I don't like some of the people on the power play. Like, no offense, yeah. but like, Kyle Poso, Casey Middlestat, like, mm-hmm. I don't really want to see them on the power play. No, I, I 100% agree. I think you got to you gotta throw some younger, quicker, you know, like... like Donald when healthy will be... quarterback one power play, probably the first power play. Then you would hope that Owen Power can quarterback mm-hmm. the second power play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My big idea. What do you think? Is that what... That's what... I think... I think the days of having just one defenseman on your power play if you have two elite defensemen why break them up honestly I, if i if i was a Sabres, i'm serious about this i would have thompson on the one wing his off wing i'd have darlene on the other off wing because darlene's basically a forward let's be honest like he just, yeah. plays, he's, he's, just he's a yeah. defenseman but like he's a forward then have mm-hmm. power in up top and then just i don't know give me like cousins and quinn or cousins and talk up front I like Tuck being second on the power, power play. play. Just like give the give that power play like minute thirty of ever than the other thirty seconds of the give the power play two of like something of Quinn Olsen on the wings. I mean, well, they put Yoki Haru on power to play two last year. Put him there. I don't know. Give me then Jeff and Oposo or whatever on power play two. Like or like give me JJ. Yeah. Just give me get. Just, I think just change it up a little bit. You know. Yeah. Why, it's just the same every time. They need, they need to improve, and either uh, either they need to do the two defenseman thing, or they need to split them up. But they need to get the young guys more more ice time on the power play. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest now, because we're twelve games in. We're twelve games in. I know. Right. In the beginning of the year, we talked about how Granado didn't want to put them on special teams because they want them to focus on five and five. Well, their five and five play looks good. Let's give them some more, you know, me on the bone. No, I would agree. I I really like the two defenseman idea. I mean, it's. Especially I, 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 like like you said, Darlene's like pretty much offensive. So it's like now, maybe... now, now bigger brand, yeah. Let's get wrist line back, have him be in front of the goaltender and let's have three defensemen. Oh, look at that. Look oh, at he's that. He's not even let's playing. Five year deal is really paying out for them, huh? <laughs> and they got a first round pick for that guy. Oh my Come god. Come on now. Come on now. Okay. And a second. And and, and a second. And and Robert Hay that turned into a six round pick. Yeah. Hey, look at that. All right. There's a little so, history. Next, did, did you guys see the new lines? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a fan. I I am really uh, uh, you know before we talk about the new lines, uh, let's uh, let's get into some a little bit more one part of positive news. The goat heads. That video, hype. hype, hype, hype. And I know a lot of people don't like them, especially people who didn't like. We grew up with them, right? Like when I think of Ryan Miller playing for the Sabers, I think of black and red. You know what I mean? Like I had that poster. I think in of my the room. slug. Yeah, I think it was slow. I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Joe, really? Joe, when they left, we were like, when they when they stopped, there was like, 06. Yeah, this is about the millennials. Well, we're a generation, a little, we're like a generation behind this. We're going to be really honest. No, but about I'm it. very glad that they brought him back as an alternate. Like, I definitely think the Royal Blue should be the primary. 
but the black goat heads definitely need to be an alternate that they wear oh, a handful yeah. of times, handful of games per year. They'll never have to change their jerseys again because they have the alternates now as the black and red. And, you know, it's, it's, I saw where like 33% of their games, 33% of their games left are going to be black and red. It's going to be cool. Yeah, to nice. I think it was what, like eight games or something. Nine. Yeah, something like that with the games that good. they haven't played. Good. Yeah. good. It's a good Jersey. People that are complaining about how, listen, I'm going to sit straight up. The Sabres have really good jerseys. Just regular jerseys. They've always had good jerseys, minus the except, goat heads or the, goat heads slugs. Uh, yeah, the slugs and, and and the navy blues. Those are bad jerseys. Navy blues also yeah. bad. But the, the, listen, the, the gray blue, armpits. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Reeboks. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but what was his name? Greg Wazinski. I don't know how to say his last name. For ESPN, was like, why are the Sabers wasting games now? They're blues. Like this is just for millennials. I was like, dude, this jersey's sick. Like the red, I don't know how many people are gonna buy them. Yeah, the black of reds. First off, it's yeah. I'm gonna say it's great. I, I'm cool. trying to get a tuck one. Yeah. Also, like I'm gonna just be honest, man. Like growing up, definitely thought I was a dragon for the logo. Well, you know what? They're selling the dragons in the saber store now. The little no, no like, it's, it's because it's a lot sick. of people thought about that. You know, I no, love the black and red. The goat head too. They cleaned it up a little bit too. Like it's a lot smoother now and everything. It looks mm-hmm. better, a lot cleaner in my opinion. You know, and. It's just cool, like seeing talk Darlene, like Darlene just staring into your eyes with the red light behind him in that jersey. I was like, "Whoa, whoa, that's intimidating." <laughs> no, it was hype. You know, it, it was definitely hype. So, okay, going back to semi-negative yeah. news about the. New I'm looking lines. at their lines right now. Um, interesting. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't love them. Um, so if we're gonna take away, let's look at forwards and defense and goaltender. So. I'll just say the lines straight up so people don't have to look at it. But the first line is Casey Millstead, Tate Thompson, JJ Paterka. That's a bad first line. Yes. I'm say it right up. Don't not don't, don't don't understand why Casey Millstead is playing wing. I think his only value to the team is that he plays center. Um, so like if he's not gonna be playing center, like just how they'd scratch him at this point, but they're not gonna do that <laughs> because for every reason they love Casey Millstead. Yeah, even though we think it's do or die. My brother, him. my brother was getting on me because he played he like was like, Oh, Tampa Bay game, like he had a couple nice like Pushing the play and stuff. I was like, Casey Mailstat, very solid in transition. Like, he's a very good transitional forward. Dude is straight cheeks defensively, and he's yes. not good on special teams, and he's not consistently good offensively either. So it's like, what are you? No, so you're absolutely right. That line, I just don't I don't like that line because I just think defensively they're going to get caved in. It's a lot for Paterka. Um, second line is an absolute wagon. Skinner, yeah. Cousins, Tuck. That line's awesome. Like, that's a sick line. That, that's a good line. But like Grant, that line's so sick. It like kind of like it makes me mad that they're together because the rest of the lines aren't sick. You know what I mean? Like yeah, no, they they put all their 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 coins in this bucket and then the eggs rest in one just, basket. Yeah, eggs yeah. in one basket. Coins in one I don't know what I was I was trying to say that just coins in the bucket came out though. But yeah, no, I I like that line. But like you said, it's like a double edged sword because the rest of them are not like, again. This comes fantastic. down to like the fact of like the Jason Robinson. All the, they had like they placed Millstaff like an actual elite top line forward. Like I feel just so much better about so much better about these lines. I think we have an elbow injury on the pod too, just like Josh. I just Allen. hit my funny like, bone on my desk. Funny bone, funny bone on the I, desk. Right I tried there. to I tried to remain composed there. Um, <laughs> third line: Aspen, Krebs, Olofsson. Um. I just not as bad. Uh, not as bad. Aspen's going to be doing opinion. a lot. I don't know. What this is a, I don't. I don't know. Krebs Aspen, hasn't played very good this year. I think he should probably mm, see Krebs, some press box for a few games. I don't know. I think Krebs has played pretty well when he's with 
he was played pretty well when he was with that Gergensen's Aspen line when he had two. I, I think for most parts though, he's just been kind of forgettable. Yeah, but he was really good for that line was very good for checking. It seemed mm-hmm. it seemed like they were very good for checking, very solid defensively. It was kind of seemed like he was thriving a little bit. I don't know why they're throwing that off for him. Um, I guess they're keeping him with Asplund, but Asplund does kind of carry Olsen, which is fine. I just, I just, again, I don't like the stress they're putting on Krebs. But one thing I like about that potentially is like if they're going to put Krebs at center and they're going to put Millstead at wing, like I just hope that it means as I'm sucking, like Millstead might be like on its way out. But again, Millstead's on the top line. So, like, am I really, I think I might be looking too, a little bit too far deep into that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just like this is not overall not expecting. I was not expecting this. And then the fourth line is Quinn Gergensen's the post. And all I got to do is like do like the yawning. That's going to be so low event hockey. No, nothing's going to happen on either side. I, I I don't understand for Quinn. Feels like why would you have him with two guys that are dumping chasers instead of having two guys that can move the puck and transition and play off his speed, his shooting. Listen, Quinn's been very good defensively 5-on-5, five five, so I think he'll fit in. But it doesn't that, – that, that, again, that doesn't seem like a good fit. Having Krebs if Olofsson really doesn't seem like a good fit, and having Middle stay on your top line doesn't seem like a good fit. So like, other than the second line, there seems to like be like just people that don't really. I mean, I guess they're experimenting. So yeah, whatever, I, but mm-hmm. I, don't know. I love the experimentation of Granado. You know, like trying to figure out where these players fit best. But like you said, and I'm gonna say it right this time, all the eggs are in one basket, and that's the second line. So. uh It'll be, I mean, Dom, you're going to the game. You're going to be there. So you're going to be feeling it full force. And Mike and I will be viewing from home households this evening. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, and then if we get the defense pairings real quick, I don't like Bryce in um, the top pairing. No, no. I do like Power Labushkin, though. I like that pairing. Hmm. Is Cal Clegg so the seventh defenseman? Yeah. Pilot and uh, Fitzgerald are the third. Oh, my. <laughs> I didn't even see see that oh my gosh what are we doing here what? Put, a, put a put an ear warning in the, in the caption down there real fast you know uh yeah no that's not good not good what are hey, we doing who would you want out who do you want out pilot Bryce Gerald, or... either one of those both those get guys case, are casey out of here get casey okay, out of here okay. take a breath yeah right, you, you need that breath this is this is my plan this, this is my plan sorry this is this is my thought process yeah first pair is fine Bryce and Dowling have actually played very well together uh, this year. Uh, they've actually been one of the better defensive pairs in hockey, which is kind of surprising. But Dowling's also just kind of a god, so he's kind of carrying Bryce around a little bit, which is fine. I mean, Tampa does this with Hedman mm-hmm. and Calfoot. Um, yeah. He's, he's trying our, to keep himself listen, composed. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend that I'm the biggest Cal Clegg fan, but the fact that Matter is in 78 minutes played mostly of power, that, that pairing was doing fantastic. I think the stat is that. Bryce and Darlene is seventh in defensive pairings and expected goals against per 60 minutes. So that's very good defensively. I think that pairing was eighth. And now the sample size might have been a little smaller. I think they actually, they're both around 80 minutes. So the fact that he is playing well with power, I know, I, I think some of it is that power is kind of carrying him around a little bit. But at the same time, like, I think we deserve to have a little bit more of a bigger sample size of that pairing to see, like, more, like, that was pairing was doing well. Why are we splitting that up? Like, Labuskin's a fine player. I'm not going to, like, very good. No, you're not gonna trash on him, but very good defensively. But like, let's let's put him down in the third pairing. Let's put you know, let's put Clegg up there with power. He's deserved to be in that spot. Put like Pilot or Labuskin together. Casey Fitzgerald's trash. I'm sorry, dude's played like eight minutes some games. Dude played eight minutes against Pittsburgh. I want to say he got benched. Him and Pilot have not been good. So like both those guys, like what's gonna happen 
when Yoki Haru and Samson come back. Like I think both those I think both those guys should be gone. They probably like, will be. Kill. They Samson, won't. Darlene. They won't because Davies Why? will get waived. Davies will get, Davies will get waived. Clegg yeah. will get waived, and then they're gonna probably keep both those guys as eight defensemen because they wave Sheehan. Like, it's just ridiculous. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is stupid. I'm sorry. This doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why? Listen, I know he's not a household name, but Cal Clegg deserves better. I'm fighting for justice for this man. Like, he deserves... I, yes. He, he deserves to be in this lineup, man. and he deserves this to be playing. changed on Cal Clegg. No, but, I like, know. why? No, Please I... tell me why Casey Fitzgerald is playing over him. Like, it doesn't no, make any I, I sense. Can't. No, he, there's he no, doesn't... there's no logical reason to say and like, why. And like, is. also, it's not like the, it's not like the coaching staff trust him. Like, Cal Clegg was getting 16, 17 minutes a game on five on five. Casey mm-hmm. Fitzgerald was getting eight the last couple of games. Like, what is this? I, I got, I, I might, I might need to do some more digging to make sure these are actually pairings. But like, what is this? I don't know. What I'm looking at here is last updated November eighth, twenty twenty two at eleven thirty nine. No, this is updated, which is embarrassing. Also. Then we talk about the actual power play units. Actually, more embarrassing is, is that. Like, th- what is this too? Oh, we we're just talking just, about this. We're gonna put. A, we're gonna put. Oh, but we predicted him. Oposo is gonna be on the first power play now. You took Jack Quinn off. Like, I don't think Jack Quinn was that bad. Jeff Skinner, you know, has been kind of screwing around the power play all year. He's still on it. Mm-hmm. He's still on power play one. Like, I actually don't want any power play two. Jack Quinn's not even on the power play units anymore. Yeah, like, that's... like, what is this? Experimenting. It's, but it's, but okay, power play fine. I, you know, I'll calm down about that. I think Quinn deserves. <laughs> I think Quinn deserves to be on, like in in the power play, just because he's a young player and it will help him. And listen, the power play sucked all year, so like, okay, whatever. The Cal Clegg thing is not experimenting. It's just malpractice. It just, <laughs> it's just, just call it how it is. It's, it's malpractice. It's malpractice. Like you heard it here first on the Buffalonian. Like, it's malpractice. <laughs> That's Dom's new thing. Malpractice. <laughs> No, I agree. Cal Clegg like, deserves just... better. We got to get him in the limelight more. I mean, <laughs> he's screaming. No, oh, God. Although, when I see that number 38, I still think Nathan Page. <sighs> just, yeah. I mean, Dom, I know that Red Wings game we went to, We, I was like, who is that down there? But, uh, I mean, he had a good game. I mean, he's had good games. He should be playing. I I, I don't think uh, Samuelson should be playing. What? Um, <laughs> no, Fitzgerald. So Fitzgerald. You had a good moment there, and you just butchered it. No, Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Don't I'm looking. Matias Samuelson. No, Matias Samuelson. No, him. I have no issues with Matias Samuelson. I am. Listen, uh, I'm talking about day, Fitzgerald. At the end of the day, when Yoki Haru and Samson come back, they're gonna replace. It's gonna be those two: Labuskin, Bryson, Darlene, Power. It's as simple as that. That's your top six. Mm-hmm. Like Pilot, Fitzgerald, even Clegg probably won't be playing. But at the end of the day, like this, this comes back to the stuff in training camp. Like, if someone plays well enough to warrant a spot on the team and warrant playing time, like, why are we not rewarding that? Especially in a position where you're not blocking a prospect. Like, Casey Fitzgerald is 25. Like, does he really need more NHL time? Cal Clegg, I think, is 25. Like, they're both the same age. Yeah. Like, and it's not like okay, you can't like tell me, oh my gosh, Casey Fitzgerald, right shot defenseman. Cal Clegg has been playing on the right side of Owen Power. So, like, mm-hmm. please, like, I just... Or it's like someone's going to tell me, like, oh, Casey Fitzgerald plays the PK a little bit. Well, the PK's kind of sucked the last couple of games, so I wonder why that's why that's the case. <laughs> God, I'm getting so heat over this. I'm sorry, I know, Mike, I know he's your I boy, know. but even even my boy Pilot hasn't, doesn't even warrant a spot over this. No, <laughs> I agree. Pilot's been meh. Pilot's been the definition of just showing why he's a seventh defenseman in the NHL, and Casey Fischel is showing why he should be a top pair uh, right shot defenseman in Rochester. Just like, 
justice, man. Yeah, justice <laughs> for Cal Clegg. Like, come on. We need to make a shirt. We need to make a shirt. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Outside I saw that bank. picture of you screaming, saying, uh, what, what did you used to say all the time? Oh, I don't even know. I don't even know. a picture of his face that says malpractice. Oh, yeah. It's malpractice. Coming to the Buffalo New merch store right near you. Uh, but All right. So, looking at our predictions from last week, um, none of us hit on anything, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Oh, for yeah. Uh, as <laughs> Olsen had Olsen, wow, Olsen had three goals for the team, and uh, own power had four assists for points. So going into these three games, let's, let's make some predictions. Um, I'll go first this time because okay, I'm gonna go Jeff Skinner and Kel Clegg. Not um, I'll say Tage is the leading goal scorer, and. I'll say Darlene leads in points. Um, I'd like to see Jeff Skinner be the leading goal scorer. I'm going to be honest with you. I'd like to see him turn it on. And I I think uh, Thompson will be a leader in points, though. Talk across the board. Ooh. Oh. I, I was waiting for someone to drop that. Get a nice woo on social media after he plays, you know, on Instagram. And they've been updated. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we don't go 0 6. I'm hoping I'm hoping this week. Well, technically, technically we'd go 0 5. 0 5. Because Mike picked the same player. Actually, no, Uh, well, I don't know. I guess 0 6 would be the right word. I don't know. Still six. Either way. All right, gentlemen. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for our Sabers talk. And Dom, are you are you skedaddling or are you? No, I'll stay. Around? I'll stay. Oh, Dom is gonna stay. He was gonna go to the game, but we're gonna actually we're gonna get him for the rest of the pod. So, just just without further ado, here this episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built built with and for entrepreneurs. We cover many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. We feature podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Savers of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. You can learn more at casforce.com slash podcast and also find us on there. So go and take a look and let's get into this Would You Rather segment. Dom, it's it's all, right. it's, it's all you today, buddy. I got now it. That you're here. I got all right. It. Oh. All right. Obviously, the Colts just fired Frank Wright. Uh, just, you know, assigned Jeff Saturday to be the interim head coach, which is pretty bad for Frank Reich. Yeah. But. Poor Frank. Um, hey, Frank Wright, Frank Wright, they should give him a call. He gets yeah. screwed out of Andrew. Like, Andrew Luck retiring really just screwed him over. Listen, man. You can't call, find a quarterback. Call Frank Wright up and say, hey, man, you want to be an offensive assistant for the rest of the year? Hey, come back to Buffalo and get your Super Bowl ring that you deserved all those years well, ago. Well, I mean, come you got a Super Bowl ring with the Eagles, so I don't know. Oh, um, from so, Buffalo. But, I need one with but, the Buffalo on it. That's yeah. true. So, my question is this. Because we covered that in the NFL. Would you rather be an interim NFL head coach or an interim NHL coach? NFL. Or NHL. Hmm. I like the... I, I like, think I would do NHL. See, honestly, though, I think that's also me not following the NHL as much as you guys do. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm more... I, don't know, I feel NFL like more guy. often than not, if you're an interim in the NHL, you you get hired more often. Down Granado. Yeah. Like, look at look at the Raiders. Yeah. Rich Basaccia, he, he should have been, been their coach. head coach. He should not be Josh McDaniel. Um, when Joe Philbin got fired in Miami, I think Dan Campbell took over, and then mm-hmm. they hired um Brian hey, Flores. 
Didn't they, no, Gase? They, hire, they did hire Gase. It was, it was Gase. Gase. So. I mean, Anthony Lynn was then in, my um, coach for the Bills for one game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anthony Lynn with the Bills. And then when Mike McCarthy was fired, who took over for Green Bay? Was it Philbin? I don't know. I but don't even know. I'm trying to hire McCarthy, so. Yeah, I don't remember. It might have been. It might have been him. But I mean, it wasn't Mike Patton. I don't know. Man, I'm, I think I'm going way off the way. Mike okay. Patton. Going way off the rails there. <laughs> he was next yeah. DC. But the train is off the tracks. I think for the NHL, I think you just get a bigger sample size if you're the interim head coach. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you got a point. You get more of an opportunity to probably, you know, convince ownership that you're the guy moving mm-hmm. forward. And so I think just more opportunity, especially in the NFL, you're just kind of just a stopgate most of the time. Seventeen game season, sixteen really with a bye week. But but no, it's seventeen game season doesn't matter if it's a bye week, buddy. That's it's an eighteen week season then. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. (laughs) But like I mean, look at it. Jeff Saturday, what? They're three, five, and one. So he has seven games to prove himself. Mm -hmm. Coaches, he gets fired in the NHL. If he get fired mid season, they're at forty games. If the team plays well, I have an opportunity to at least you know put my name out there and. You know, at that point, if you're the interim head coach, you're likely not brought back in the NFL if you don't get the head coaching job. Like Rick Sasio wanted to be the special teams coach of the Packers. So I think yeah. there's a chance in the NHL you get brought back, even if you're not the head coach. Did um, Brunette go mm, back yeah. to Florida? That's a great. I thought, oh, I think he's New Jersey now. Didn't he go to Lindy? Because I thought they might have can't, they were going to can him. No, but, dude. But, but like, Kim that's a great coach. But that's what I'm saying, though. Like, I think there's just, not, there's just an easier opportunity to get a job. In, mm-hmm. Even in the organization that you're in, if you're the interim head yeah. coach, and this is a great chance you're going to become that coach, in my opinion. So, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I actually would agree with that. Thinking about it, after you guys have <laughs> talked about it, there is a larger sample size. You are in, an, you know, you got you got a longer season, more games, and like you said, I mean, you could be fired halfway through the season. You're at 40 games. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you could you could figure it out from there. And if, like you said, if you're winning those games and even if it is like you're there for even 20 games like that's a big that's a, that's a sample size larger than you'll get in the nfl so well i also think it's easier to transition from to an interim coach if you're the in the NHL than the nfl because nfl like if you're the oc you transition like then someone else is going to be calling plays but now you're responsible for the challenges the timeouts uh game management yeah the, the defense mm-hmm. special teams and then NHL, you're kind of already Responsible I mean, as an for assistant, that. you're kind of already responsible a little bit for all that stuff, and it's also not as much. I mean, yeah, it's shifting probably will take some adjustments. It's not like you, I mean, you, you have one it's time not, out in the NFL and you, yeah, and you barely call it. So, like, it's not as large of a shift. I understand what you're saying. Like, it's not a, a drastic. I, I just change. think it's easier to transition to being an interim NHL coach, and you have more opportunity to get a job. So, all right, no, I, I would mm-hmm. definitely agree with that now after you, you, you two have enlightened me on that a little bit. So, are we ready to roll Going into trivia? the trivia? Yeah. Mike, well. hit it, buddy. Yeah, so, um, you know, we usually start with the uh, Bills question here. So now you can probably see my phone. Um, <laughs> so back in 1978, the Bills had the most rushing yards in a single game for the team. Do you know how much rushing yards they had? 250? No, because OJ ran. For, didn't OJ run for like two seventy one game? No, I'm gonna say they had four twelve, three sixty six, forty nine attempts, great. had five rushing touchdowns that game against the Giants, one forty one to seventeen. Oh wow! I would think you would win if you ran for three hundred. Yeah, plus I would yards. think that's a given stat. If they lost oh, with that, that's what? tough. I'm just saying. 
Okay. I wasn't roasting you. It was just like making a point. Yeah. I mean, the Giants. Second question. 400 yards. Um, Sabres question here. Uh, honestly, I don't know if I've already asked this one before. Oh, I might yeah. have. We'll let you know. We've gone I mean, through a I, lot. We, we probably still don't get it right. So you're yeah. Good. Yeah. No, this one, this one's kind of easy. Um, I was thinking like captains wise, Oposo has obviously been the captain this year. Um, the first captain for the Sabres. Oh, Floyd Smith. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I asked that one before. Yeah, that was you really easy one. No, you definitely I, did. I think you I don't did. Know. did. Oh, well. I mean. No, you know what? You know what? No, he asked the first coach no. for the Bills. No, you know what? You look up, look up the answer to this question because I don't know. And then we'll do this one. How many captains have they been in Sabres history? I don't know the there's answer. Like, there's like 20-something. I think there's like 29, isn't there? I got uh, a 20-something. I don't know. How many captains have there been? I should probably know this because the 50th anniversary, like, they just went over. Like, they had, like, captains night at one point, I'm pretty sure. And well, in, like, 07, 08, in, like, 08, 09, they had, like, a they had, like, captain five. Every month, So The Buffalo Sabres announced the 20th French or 20th captain is Kyle Poso. So 20 captains in franchise yeah, right. history. Okay. 29. Not really close, but that's okay. Whatever. All right. Okay. Last question. Obviously we know the bills are more than likely getting a new stadium. Um, we've seen renderings for like Tennessee that they want to get a new stadium. Uh, some of them, some stadiums in North America have been around forever. Do we know what's the oldest one? Mm. Is it not Fenway? No. Fenway is nineteen twelve. It's, it's all inclusive, right? Or NFL? No, it's uh, anything. Okay, no, because you said Fenway. Um, it's it's not Fenway. No. Hmm. I have no idea. Dom, you got anything other than Fenway? <laughs> no, I'm trying to think because like Fenway is the oldest MLB ballpark. Mm-hmm. It's none of the four major sports. Nah, see, that's what really threw us. Yeah, yeah. Is it? You know what? It's probably like some horse racing track or something. Is it really? It's Churchill Downs. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. 1875. What? 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 No, is that the Belmont or is that like is Churchill that the, Downs? Peak. What's it? That's um. I don't, I don't remember what the triple crown races are. Oh, Sorry, man. all those horse racing fans out there. Yeah, I yeah, think it's Kentucky, Kentucky Derby. Derby. But Pe- Peakness? No, Peakness? Nah, I don't the Preakness. Preakness. That was close. Virtual Downs is Kentucky. Yes. Kentucky Derby. The Kentucky oh. Derby. Okay. I got the. But. You know what? I'm going to give myself credit. I think Fenway. You said was horse a, racing. Listen, listen, listen. Fenway was a solid guess yeah. out of the big four. And then I got the sport that it was actually in. So, like. Yeah. Thank good. you. Good work, Keith. Dom. Good work, Dom. <laughs> but without further ado, that's going to end it for this edition of the Buffalonian podcast. Dom, without further ado, I know you're laughing. I called you Kiko again. How do you always end these, buddy? Go Bills, baby. Go. Go Sabres. Go Sabres tonight.